I'm the king of rock. There is none higher. Sucker MC should call me sire to burn my kingdom. You must use fire. I won't stop rocking till I read classic run DMC. Hello, America. Hello, world. Hello, you. It is your new best friend, California. And this is the Pod is Good podcast, a.k.a. the Notorious P.I.G. Pod is good. And all the time, if you know, you know. If you don't, keep listening. You will learn. This is episode 38, and I have a good one today. I got one of my close guys here. You know, sometimes you got to bring your family through so you can have those real conversations. You know what I mean? Like, you can really get in the weeds about it. You know, my guy's been an educator for a long time. He's taught groups and groups of children. He's looked into the eyes of the young ones, saw fear, saw challenge, and spoke to that. He inspired. He motivated. People probably remember him more than he remembers them because he's been through so many kids' lives in his life. That happens. That happens. You don't know the mark that you're making on someone. So sometimes you just got to trust and believe that you're doing the right thing by him and, and, and keep persevering. And that is the epitome of the life and the legacy that my next guest has left behind. Uh, not left behind like that. He's still with us. He's coming. I mean, like left behind in his trail as we, y'all know what I mean. Anyway, let's get ready for the show. It's going to be a good one. What's going on, Dameek? How are you, my guy? Can you hear me? I'm good. I hear you. I'm good. You know we got that okay, Inglewood. Okay. Nah, we got we got that Inglewood internet. So, you know, it may <laughs> go in and out <laughs> a little, but I'm here. <laughs> Trust me, I'm here. You know what? That's the problem with the Rams. See, they went to Inglewood and they go in and out. You know, sometimes they look good, sometimes they don't. Uh, now I understand. Now I okay, understand. Okay, that 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 that's your reason. You a Rams fan? <laughs> I'm I'm actually not a Rams fan, but you know, because they're in the city, I gotta love them. Matter of fact, me and Erica, we actually yeah uh, took that team as like our our couple's team because you know i'm originally from st louis she's from la they went to st louis they were from la they're like the only football team that kind of okay, carries okay. our story as a couple so oh, that that's that's a good fan story we heard no romantic fan story but yeah on that yeah <laughs> thank you sir thank congratulations. you congratulations so what's, what's up man i I, I like what you're doing. Yeah, I like the energy, man. I'm glad that I could come Thank through you, and break bread with you. You know, appreciate the man. invite. Definitely. Man, absolutely. I had to have you on. Had to have you. When I when I drew out my first little list of like who who I got to get on the show, let me get my, my first 50 lined up. You was in the list. So you already know. You're, I'm glad we I done had that. great conversations. We done had great conversations that dealt with, you know, family and, and husbandhood and, and life in general and, and black culture. I mean, you know, we, we've been there. So it's like, 
yeah, those yeah. are the kind of conversations that you know we look to have. And those are the type of conversations all men need to have. You know, we need we need to really talk about those things because you can't you can't do it on your own. Yeah, you yeah. know, um, there's somebody that's been through it before and could give you some sound True. advice if you if you just listen to that person. You know, and, yeah, and figure it out. But yeah, we gotta spend more time talking to each other about our levels of triumphs and stress. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Conversations that need to be had more. Do you, do you feel like that when you're in class, like um, you have to kind of separate what you can talk about in the classroom and, and maybe what you wish you could talk about if you didn't have those, you know, walls around you? Yeah, I mean, with the way the kids are with these phones, man, if you're on a school campus, you got to act like you're being videoed at all times. You right. Know, you just right. never know. So you got to be on your best conversations, even with people that you love and trust. You got to keep the conversations positive for the yeah. most time because you never know when you're going to get caught, caught out there saying something that you can't take back. Mm. You know? So that's something that you actually have to feel like you have to deal with on a day to day basis, like just the, the cameras picking you up and grabbing something and taking it out of context. And then it turns around and it, you know, it's back in your face the wrong way. Right. It's, it's just something you have to be conscious of. If you if you're not conscious of it, you're going to get caught slipping, you know, so it's mm -hmm. just something that we're we're passing to the new teachers when you come into the profession we all have bad days sometimes but you don't want it televised <laughs> you know you just gotcha. don't want it on tv and it, it's good people that sometimes get caught in a bad moment and that's true um yeah you don't none of us want that you know yeah. none of us want that but you just got to be careful but for the most part to go back to your question um you you get to the part where you you become organic and just talk about what you know. Mm. You know, as a as an educator, you want to talk about things that you know to be facts. You don't want to put BS into the kids' heads and they they take it on face value and now they got them in a twist or something. You you, mm. you never want to do anything like that. Like bad education is 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 worse than lies. You know. Mm, so, yeah. you know, you just want to make sure whatever you you talking about is the truth. <laughs> That's and it. So, you know, and, and so it, does that um does that ever make you feel restricted or does it kind of like um I guess free you that you know you you know you you keeping it down the line? There's always a line when you're in front of especially children that you got to be conscious of. Hmm. It's only a selective few that you could yourself and say whatever you want to say in that space. Yeah. But you can't yeah, do that yeah, with yeah. everybody. And being at that's work, true. you know, that that's part of being a professional. You know, you, you got to know that work ethic and the etiquette to not catch yourself in a bind. And, you know, we all do it, 
but you don't want it to be something that's televised and it, it just like damn yeah <laughs> yeah because it, it can it can grow you its own leg take that back right right you don't want nothing like that but we always have those moments so you you always should think before you speak mm. you know um don't be emotional with it and don't just jump off and say something even though it's the truth the timing may not be the truth you know sometimes the timing is everything and the crowd is everything so mm. um sometimes you could be in a room with kids and you know them personally so you could be a, a little bit more real with them where you'd be more reserved with that conversation with other students that you don't have that rapport with, you know, or, or friends or coworkers. It, it, it all applies to the same thing. Got you. That um, you saying it that way makes me think of the first time I saw uh, Jordan Peterson. And when I'm listening to Jordan Peterson speak, I'm like, yo, everything that he's saying is like spot on, but it's almost exactly like what you're saying. The environment that he was in, the students that he was talking to, the campus that he was on completely shifted the, the power of the words that he used. And it took on a whole new persona, a persona that he can't even escape to this day, even though it's not factual to what he actually represents yeah yeah they they use things against you you know um, sometimes we get hanged with our own rope <laughs> mm. you know because we say we say the wrong thing at the wrong, wrong time or man that's that's another thing about now because they have stuff sounding just like it looking just like you, you know? So that's why I stay in the house. That's crazy. <laughs> Everybody be outside. I'll be in the house. <laughs> I Yo, can't get that in trouble. Is crazy. In the house. <laughs> when I, when I start seeing that, that they were literally, um, you know, creating, um, dialogue and then putting voices with it, even putting visuals with it to make it. I was like, we, we 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 about to take ourselves out of this thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we yeah, really are. I think I think we've seen some sci-fi movies about this back in the early two thousand. Yeah, the eighties. Yeah, yeah. And some of the kids that saw those movies, they took it to heart too much. That's what happened. They were yeah, like, well, hmm. they planted seeds. <laughs> yeah, they were like, well, maybe that could happen. And then, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. So um, right now you are uh, an educator at Dorsey High School. You know, For shout sure. out to Dorsey. Um, I know you started a lot Dorsey younger. Dimes, but you, baby. There you go. I know you started out a, a lot younger um, as far as grade level, but, you know, you found that home uh, in high school. Now, But you're in Los Angeles, and Los Angeles yes. is one of those – you know, you know, you got you got to deal with some some things in high school. Are there any areas 
you know what I'm talking about that you just try to stay away from, or do you just attack all of it? Not attack, but do you confront all of it head on and give it, you know, the best, the best uh, teacher air barrel that they can find? Yeah, we. That's that's what our mission. We're not here to try to conceal information from the babies. Hmm. That that puts them in a, a worse predicament. Profanity, yeah. there's sex, there's um, there's murderers. You know, there's um, liars, cheaters, and yeah. you got to let them know about that and how to move in that type of situation because majority of people are good and it's easy to love a good person, but you don't want to get caught up in, in something because nobody told you better, you know? So as an educator, anything that comes our way, it has to be addressed. You, you, you don't try to sweep it under the rug that that doesn't help anything. You know? Yeah. 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 yeah you and talk so about it. Or really just listen and see where they're going with it mm. and um, let them do all the talking. And then you just ask a couple of questions and maybe drop a you know, little advice on them, especially yeah. if you've been through it. You know, and mm. they call it new generation, but we all go through the same thing at age. You know, we thought we knew it all, but we, we were really babies then. And... <laughs> I, that's the right. way I look at them now is y'all babies, you know, y'all, y'all think, you know, y'all, y'all look grown, but <laughs> you right. sound grown, but <laughs> you a baby, you don't know nothing. So when you say yeah. something yeah. that's from left field, you pull them aside and say, you know, ask them some questions about it and be like, okay, let me give you my, <laughs> my side, how I, how I think I can help you a little bit. And your job is done. You just tell them. If they take the advice, better, especially if it's sound advice. If they don't take it, um, you know, they'll figure it out sooner or later. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but and, so, and so do you guys, um, do, are you presented the issue of gender dysphoria or anything like that in your classrooms? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a, a big topic, you know, um, I just look at it as I human beings. You know, at the end of the day, we have more in common than we don't have in common. So absolutely. Absolutely. You know, whether I like it or, or not is not that doesn't come into play. It's just these are human beings. We encounter them each day. Let's just keep it peaceful, you know. <laughs> I don't mm -hmm. want you after me. I ain't trying to plot on you. You live your life. I live mine. Let's just, yeah. you know, respect the community. Stop littering. Yeah. Pick up after your dog. Don't break into my house or my car. <laughs> Leave my people alone. We good. <laughs> Do hey, hey, those good ones right there. <laughs> yeah, keep keep it safe. You know, don't don't start nothing. Won't be nothing. Won't be nothing. Won't be nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I always looked at, you know, teachers, especially teachers that are in like, you know, the L.A. Unified, you know, type of district, like it feels like each day can be very potentially testy 
for you because you kind of never know what you're going to get. You never know what conversation is going to arise. You never know what someone dealt with just outside of the school. You don't know the influences at home. I mean, there's there's so much in a city like L.A. compared to someone who's a, a teacher in maybe, you know, Nebraska or South Dakota. It's like you deal with it in a, a, just a different pressure cooker than than other people. Does that at times get to be a bit much or do you do, have you just learned to, to roll with it? Both, you know, in the beginning, I remember some time off because it got too stressful mm. and I, I took maybe a year, almost two years off where I was pursuing other goals. Wow. And, um, it, it, I went, things worked better when I went back to teaching that, cause that's what I was supposed to be doing. That was the epiphany that came about. Like I'm, what I was following was a passion, which was my writing. But um, it's okay to have more Absolutely. than one passion and purpose. So I went back to what I was doing. And now that I'm more experienced, a little bit older, try to go to work from a place of gratitude. I'm in my community making an impact. Absolutely. And... Um, making enough money to take care of my lifestyle. Hmm. And I have a lot of job, but I'm doing my work. So you, you go in there, a place of gratitude, and you, it's about relationship building. That's all teaching yeah. is, is, is. It's about relationships. So I'm hmm. trying to make and improve relationships with people and try to become positive. So if you come from that, that, that view of then, it's not as stressful when you go to work, you know, and that then you got to make the home. You got to think like that for the home. You got to think like that for the family, for your spouse. You just got to figure out a way of coming from gratitude because if you, if you come from selves, it's not usually a good, it's not a good view. That's a good point. That's a good point. I can, I can picture that and I, I can feel that. Like if you approach, uh, let's say your wife or husband and instead of coming from a place of problem solving or or you know working out an issue or wh whatever whatever the, the the overarching thing is if you come at it from a place of gratitude like i'm grateful to even have you in my life i'm grateful to to share this time of my life with you to even be working through these challenges and you wanting to learn me and me wanting to learn you that settles you into a different space <clears throat> in that conversation more so than the, you know, walking in either, you know, maybe with your own idea or something you want that person to finally get that you've been trying to say, or, you know, just a different uh, approach. So yeah, approaching life that way, that makes sense. 
That makes sense. Yeah. From a place of gratitude. Yeah, that, that's what I've yeah. been working on because it keeps me sane. You know, like you said, if you yeah. come from looking at the different side, then um, it's not it's not always a beautiful look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got every, every husband. Yeah, every husband is doing yeah. this while you're talking to like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you brought up uh you left. They know this story. Um, <laughs> that's true. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you brought up that you left um writing for a while. I mean, left teaching for a while to pursue writing. So how long were you gone and what did that pursuit bring you? I I was gone for about a year and a half. Hmm. Yeah, I was still subbing here and there, you know, just to keep something coming in. But um. One of my pride playwright, and we wrote, produced, directed a play, and we put it out there, hmm. and we made great money, like the first couple of shows, and you know, um, I, I knew I had something, and very nice. Just worked with it. It was a, a play that I had called Jump in the Broom, and this was back in like two thousand three, hmm. and. You know, we had a good little run and it was just time to go back to work because that show business is not consistent. You know, you <laughs> you can't depend on that every single day unless you on the top. To, or, or, yeah. That's so I yeah. had a family to provide for. So it wasn't like I was, you know, single living at my mama's house or something like that this this is something <laughs> yeah I, I had responsibilities so i had to make that secure because the writing even though it was successful it wasn't it wasn't steady where it came down to the economics mm. of it and um i i just didn't want to live that type of lifestyle at that point i'd mm. rather do both than depend on one True. That makes sense. And and how did your um Yeah how did so, how did your wife feel during that time about that shift? Was was she nervous at all? Did she worry like what's gonna happen when you leave teaching or was she like fully supportive? How was that? Yeah, I would say she was supportive. You know, we 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 had when I did this, you know, I stacked. <laughs> so we it wasn't a big it, yeah it wasn't a, a big economic shift we 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 had to get used to it you know mm -hmm. um and what changed was it's i i didn't know how to invest the money that i had made i didn't know which way to go with it so um we we invested in, in real estate and in, in another house. And nice. that's once I did that, I had to go back to work because <laughs> now there was another mortgage. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> Money gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I was like, nah, let me get out, let me get this cracking before um, yeah. the money, the money just depletes. And yeah, you know, we, we had some tight times, but you know, we made it through, man. You know, you yeah. just keep working at it and don't give up, have a, a solid plan and keep working at it and Rough times pass, man. It's hills and mountains. That's life, you know. Yeah. When we're at the top, we don't complain. True. So we're at the bottom, we'd be talking shit. And it's like, <laughs> it comes with the territory, man. You know, so once right. you get an understanding of that, you know, it makes it a little easier. Yeah, yeah. You need the bitter for the sweet to, to taste right. Right, right. <laughs> well, it's going to happen. Yeah. We, we could sometimes stuff be going so good. I'll be looking around like, okay, um, <laughs> where, where, where is it at? <laughs> where is it at? Something because <laughs> that's part of life, man. So, that's part of again, it, again, just you know, come from a place of gratitude. That That's what I've yeah. been practicing the last few months. It's, it's a new concept to me, too. But um, I like the feeling better when you come yeah. to that side point as apart from when you come from the other. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. What, um, what subject do you teach at Dorsey? Um, I don't really, I'm not in the classroom anymore. When I was in the, in the classroom, I taught English and I taught theater. And... I'm basically an instructional coach right now where I get to help teachers, you know, I, and it's a sweet spot because I still have access to the kids. Um, supervision, mm. sometimes I cover or got to take a class, but for the most part, I'm out of the classroom working with administration just to push our policy of, you know, trying to teach these babies some valuable Got it. Got it. Yeah. You saying that you were uh, in English makes a lot of sense because in listening to you talk, uh, even hearing that you left and did writing, um, you're very specific with your word choice. I can hear it like just just in in your responses. You're very calculated in exactly which words you choose. I, I can I can hear the selection process. Yeah, oh, man. <laughs> I ain't trying to embarrass the family and say some dumb stuff and be <laughs> like, oh, man. I <laughs> can't take you nowhere. Yeah, I don't want that. <laughs> so you definitely think, you know, I've always been like that. The, the yeah. quiet processing person. You know, mm. um, just yeah. trying to study the game. I'm always watching and listening. I I've always been that type. And then when mm. I figure it out, experiment a little bit. And if I got it, I'm I'm trying to share it with everybody. Nice. <laughs> so it's a it's an easy transition in, in, into teaching. And writing was basically something my mom's had me do when I was younger. She used to make me write relatives um that you know were 
at distance from us. You know, our family's from the, the West Indies, uh, Barbados. So we've got all the West Indian connections, Miami, um, New York, London, Toronto, um, the South, you know, and growing up in, in New York, I had to write people. We didn't have text and, you know, all right, that right. type of stuff. We wrote letters and licked the stamp yeah. and put it in the mailbox type stuff. So, and I read a lot, yeah, yeah. you know, um, and I had anger issues when I was younger, like tantrums and what my mom showed me how to do was to write down my feelings and that calmed me down because talking about it wasn't going nice. to do something. So I have to do something physical when I'm upset, you know, and writing was something that's, <laughs> that's physical, you know, in a constructive way. <laughs> Why are you laughing at me, man? <laughs> it was the, I got to do something physical. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. So I, I caught that. It's like, we're going to take all that energy. <laughs> we're going to redirect it into this writing. That's the physicality of this. Writing, city. sports, yeah, you know, yeah. all of that. Any, any yard work. <laughs> chores, anything to physically get it out my system yeah. and think. And then once I think, um, I come up with an issue with, with the issue solver. Mm. And um, that's basically what English is. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's you read, you you comprehend, you process critical thinking. And when you grab that vocab from reading, you add add it to your repertoire. Yeah. You know, and you go out there and you just, you know, you carry yourself a certain way differently when you're literate. So I love being able to teach kids how to read and write and speak because that that gives them freedom. That's true. You know, I had a guest on just a couple of days ago or a couple of shows ago. Um, and he was actually in Barbados while we were doing okay. the show. And I forgot that you were from West Indies. Yeah. I completely forgot. So I'm, uh, I'm going to bring up something that he brought up just to kind of get your perspective on it. Um, he was talking about how the, the country has always been very religious, you know, from the, the when it was first settled to the, um, what did he call it? Not the provinces, but uh, the sections. I forgot the name that he used for it. But like the little, the sections of the country that parishes. he called St. Parishes. There you go. The parishes were like, um, you know, St. Thomas and St. John and, you know, this and that and the other. And he said, as time goes on, what he notices when he goes back to visit is that this, the new culture, the new progressive culture the new ideology is less um, less religious as it used to be. So the the you kind of feel it in the country. You feel like they're they're losing that part or that essence of what defined the area. I don't know if you've been back recently, but can you connect with that at all? Or what do, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think um, I've been I went back. Uh, to St. Lucia, 
um, this past spring, and I was in Barbados last year. And nice. the phenomena that you're talking about is is actually global. It, it's just not in the the West Indies. You know, um, what's happening is our truth, our origin is coming out. And hmm. you know, um, where and I just want to put this disclaimer out before I interject a little bit more. Um with with people and their belief system we get along better because we have more in common and you don't let a religious belief separate you from different people but with yeah. that being said um when you see christianity in its origin specifically built for nation walked hand in hand with that um, when they took our people from Africa and brought them to the Caribbean, um, Caribbean is known as the breaking grounds because that's where they were given the religion. That's where they were given the European diet, you know, the dairy, the white foods that cause issues, you know, potatoes, rice, yeah. um, things that gives us diabetes and, and other diseases and whatnot. We adopted that. Yeah. And so those areas are, are called the breaking grounds. And from there, yeah. they move them to the states. And you could tell where people are from in Africa just based off of the crops. The crops that were in the Caribbean, the sugarcane, um, the cotton, this stuff comes from Africa. So when they brought our people over, they pretty much knew that um, they they had expertise in certain crops, and the, that's what you see in the south. Yeah, yeah. The same crops. There's there's a lot of foods that's been brought over from from our people, and that's where you could tell where they're from. Don't always have to go to ancestor.com. You know, you could <laughs> you could figure that out at the same time. But with, with that being yeah. said, you know, um, now they're seeing that people now are studying the history of Christianity, just not Jesus yeah. and Christianity. And when you study it, the perspective changes completely. The narrative changes completely. And you find out that this is something that was given to us um, by force and we adopted it and we tend to embrace it and it has an impact on our mind state, you know, um, and it's 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 been proven. And now those facts are coming out. You know, the, the mm. white supremacy, uh, white gender is now they're like, OK. And, you know, that's probably George Floyd that brought that more into perspective than anything because that was a pivotal mm. point of recent times like yeah you know us being the original people and god being through us has been something that's always been spoken about but as time progresses the energy and the proof is putting that truth out and 
they see that in the, the Caribbean. Our, our youth, you see that today. There's in, in the churches, it's it's you don't see the young people there no more. You know, it's 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 primarily the the women at this, and um, yeah. it's been like this for a while. So I'm just saying the narrative just isn't in the Caribbean. They they what they've gained is knowledge of self, and once you gain this knowledge of self and it starts spreading you know better, you start doing better and you make changes. And you may not be able to change your ways if, if you're an older person, but you got a little niece or nephew or a son or daughter or a neighbor, you know, yeah. or you're a teacher. You have the opportunity to, to break this, this information down. And um, yeah, that's the beauty because I get to go to work and teach this where when hmm. I first started teaching, I used to get in trouble for teaching this. Now, mm. now it's, it's part of the curriculum because they see, they, they see what their system looks like and how it treats us. So I don't, when you say it's in the curriculum now, like what do you, what are you referring to specifically? What's in the curriculum now that maybe before you would have gotten a little bit of trouble for speaking about in class? Well, we we could um, at Dorsey A Peach is advanced place African American class. Man, I wish I had that class when I was in school. Huh. You know, and <laughs> that sounds love. They're teaching ethnic. Yeah. And I be up in there raising my hand, forgetting that I'm supposed to be helping. I'm, I'm in there as a student, and you know, <laughs> I go to that class like every day, I know, painfully. I, know. I get a shit. <laughs> I know, or I don't know. And there's a lot of stuff that I didn't know. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I, I consider myself to be conscious, fairly conscious. But you know, there's a lot that I learned going to that class, and just yeah. seeing the babies get that pride and that energy because you got to think about it when you see a you see what our people go through and then you see us being treated a certain way and then you see uh this this god that doesn't look like us it's a subliminal Oh yeah. It's a subliminal message. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, and um yeah. it has a great impact without <clears throat> saying anything. And if people find out who that guy is, Cesar Borges, Cesar Borgia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a person that Michelangelo drew. Um yeah. and he became the face <laughs> of Christianity. But you see and the black it. Madonna and you see black Jesus. So when we say the black man is God, um, yeah, <laughs> we we the like we we don't say it. The Bible say it, right? We just relaying information, right? That's why I said that information is there. Has always been out there, but yeah. people take what they're given, and if your grandmama has this belief system and your aunties and your mama and your dad and people on his side, his brothers and 
nieces and whatnot, then you like, it got to be true. And you take that right. on face value. And I'm not knocking it. You know, if, if the goal is to be like Jesus and be a good person, yeah, that's what it's all about at the end of the day, because every belief system teaches morality. So if you got True. morals, then we can get along. That's why I said we got more in common, but there's a truth to it. And um, Christianity and the belief system, the parishes, that stuff that they put on us, um, that was for a specific goal. And yeah. it's the end of that right now. You know, so the truth is 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 out there and people are acting accordingly. They're questioning, they're researching. And um you decide whether you're gonna be faith-based or fact-based. And once you make a decision to go, you know, then you figure it out and you find your way. You find your way. Yeah. Whatever everybody's <clears throat> looking for God. Either you're gonna find it within yourself. Or you gonna look for it outside of yourself, but they're gonna so, find you know, a way. You know, you you really starting to sound like the woke mob right now. You really sounding like the woke mob, <laughs> and and the way that they've you know kind of turned the idea of being woke into such a uh, a politicized you know negative extremist idea. I would like to hear your. You know, I, I know we know, but I want to hear your view on what does it mean for people to be woke? Because that's, you know, pretty much what you're alluding to right now. Um, be as woke as you can. Learn your history. That's all it really is. <laughs> it's us studying our history because our history in America, in most places where the has been colonization starts with the colonization. There, there's mm. nothing taught prior to that in the system. True. The system does what it does. So um, right now they're trying to hang on to it, you know, um, and, and hope that some people will still listen. But the the cat's out the bag. <laughs> you can't put it, you can't put the top back on right now. You know, the time <laughs> it's out. It's out there. So being that it's out, um, I just love seeing it. I love seeing mm. the truth happen because I remember I learned this at 14 years old. You know, um, mm. I got this information actually a little earlier, probably about 12, 12, 13. Wow. I, I got this information. Wow. So it changed my trajectory. The older you get, the harder it is to receive what I just spoke about. But I'm I'm speaking to the babies. <laughs> hmm. I'm speaking to the babies. The ones, the ones that can hear. Yeah, that the the, the the older people, you know, it's a bit more of a challenge because that that challenges them to 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 do some soul searching and, and some research and you know. Not everybody's built for that. Okay, so I'm about to bring two things together. You know, you're an educator, and in Florida, they recently had this whole issue with CRT, all right? 
I would like to know your perspective. First off, I would love as an educator, if you can actually break down for anyone listening, what critical race theory really is, how it's actualized, and then your thoughts on if it should or should not be in the school system. Well, um, what it comes down to basically is we're teaching our origin and our legacy. And it exposes that everything that we've been taught have been lies. And when you say and we, who are you speaking of? Um, black, brown, even white people. <laughs> white supremacy is for the elite, rich people that have control. So even the, the masses of average white, black, brown, Asian, whatever you call, they don't, they don't have that control. They just follow what traditions or laws you're being given. Yeah, yeah. You know, so we have right now, we're teaching our truth. That that's all it really is. You could call it, you can make up any acronym in critical race theory. That that shit don't even go together. You know, if you think <laughs> about it, <laughs> it's critical. It's race and it's a theory. And a theory isn't a fact. So it's like, come on, man. They don't even go together. They, they, they sneaking that in on the side. That's a side. That's yeah. what the kids call it. You subbing me, man. Yeah. Subbing. <laughs> yes. But um, yeah. yeah, we got to teach our history. We've, we've learned everybody else's. You know, why, why is it a problem when we're trying to learn our own? That part. You know? That part. I think when they go, the, the Florida governor teaching them that, you know, slavery was beneficial. Mm. It's like, yeah, mm. keep, keep saying stuff like that so people can really look at you and see. Because if that's all you got, right, you know, <laughs> right. that means you ran out of lies because you, you doing... <laughs> Yeah, you, you scrape the bottom of the barrel. Right? <laughs> like, really? that, I don't. That don't even need a comeback, bro. You know, <laughs> really? That that's, uh, that's how you see it, <laughs> right? Now, you know that's so then a lie. Course, so then, you know that homie. You, say, you know that homie that. Good. What's that? No, now I said you know that homie that y'all chilling with and you love him to death but you know he ain't telling the truth all his stories is lies <laughs> that that's one of these situations like this yeah, this yeah. cat is just entertainment right now you know we're gonna invite right. him because he's gonna show us to a good time but don't believe anything he says <laughs> yeah yeah that that's well, what, what um that anti um critical race theory is about yeah yeah they just don't want that value and um why not why not? You don't even got to say nothing. Just, I ain't looking for no apology. I'll take reparations. I ain't looking for no apology, though. You know, and yeah. let us just teach the truth and let it come out. And yeah. everybody's learning it. So, um, you know, that system that was set up, it only benefits people at the top. And the people at the okay. top, they're just not white, you know. 
they black, they brown, they Asian, they they got they 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 part of that system of capitalism, you know, right, and keeping control so they could control economics. And um yeah, people need to know. And if we do know, we we get along better. We respect each other more. We learn because a lot of this comes from ignorance and ignorance is just not knowing any better. So we get a chance to break bread with people and share our culture in its purest form. Wow. And we, we get to speak about it. And all of us definitely need therapy as the truth comes out. Cause you see how the world has responded to it of, wow. of the truth coming out. People are, it's violence, you know, they, it, it's, it's a, it's a shamble because the jig is up. You know, huh. and we all need therapy. We need therapy. They need therapy. And, and that way we could learn to work together. But the truth has to come out first and foremost. Yeah. And it's a big truth. I mean, the therapist might need therapy. I mean, that might be yeah. a whole another rollout <laughs> to get them even prepared. Right. You know what I mean? To deal with something on that level. Right. Right. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's like when you learn something that you didn't know, it's a shock to you. And you, people have different ways of responding to that. And yeah, you gotta find a way to get people to get to that piece where they, mm. they could learn how to accept and function based mm. on the truth. And yeah, yeah, that takes time. You know, it True. takes time. It's, it's not an overnight thing. But this has been happening for years. It's just now it's real visible right now where, you know, hip hop. I know you a hip hop head. That's what we came out teaching. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's true. Yeah. It, and it got yeah. sidetracked. Yep. <laughs> you know, so yep. this, that that's that's my generation, you know. Um, right. I'm, I'm in my early fan. That's... Um, that's my generation. It's what I, my influence, and this is what we came in at. So it's only natural that the next generation takes the baton and moves it further. Right. Right. At least that's the hope. You know what I mean? That's the desire is that they move forward. They will, you know, that's forward, man. These babies yeah. forward, bro. And it's like parenting. You got your kids and you're trying to, show them how to do it the only way you know how and they got different mm. ways for their their time right so right sometimes we got to let them figure out their way of doing it and That's it's true. not going to look like how we did it it's going to look different right. so if we just right. teach That's them how to you know deal with the basics of life they'll step into there and they'll carry it on because they moving on a different frequency than we did. Yeah. They well, only understand every that. Every generation is going to do it a little different. You look at uh, you look at a child star like Michael Jackson. When he's little, he got uh, Afro, bell bottoms, and a silk shirt. And then you go to child star, you know, in the 90s, like crisscross, they got backwards baseball jerseys and braids. It's like, yeah. <laughs> they're going to do it how they do it. But, you know, they're going to achieve what they need to achieve at that time. That makes sense. That definitely makes sense. Yeah. So 
So, so let's double back. What do you say? They're going to keep the ball moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. So let's double back to the play because we kind of brushed over it. So you, you, you do a play right. Um, you put it out. It does really well. Um, it, it, you know, probably opens up some doors for you. Um, it also sets your mind straight on what you are supposed to be doing and kind of where this, this world of this passion fits in your life. But tell us about the playwright. Uh, I want to know about the play. How, how'd it go? What was it about? I know you told us the title, Jumping the Broom. What was it about? Uh, it, Jumping the Broom was really about, about a couple that came together that different sides of class and their parents didn't want them to be together. So I guess it's a modern day Romeo, Juliet type of thing. Yeah. And yeah. it's in our community based and just dealing with everyday cultures. Um, and, you know, there's a, there's a saying that definitely married people know when you get married, not only keep people out your business, but keep family mm. out your business. <laughs> Ooh, you just hit on something me and my wife were talking about today. If she's listening, she is amening you right now. <laughs> yeah, man. Because once they get in, you can't get them out, man. You know? <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yeah. Um, noted. That that was that's really what it was. It was a modern day love 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 tale, yeah. And um, it was my first production, and we won. We didn't win, but we got nominated for uh, about seven, eight NAACP Image Awards. Nice. And it did really well, you know. And I was able to win to me, especially since that was your first one. Yeah, win. That was my first one, and then I did another one. maybe a year later called the 12 jewels Hmm. and that didn't do so well economically that was one of the times the house and um, Mm. you know did that play and went upside down (laughs) and had to go i said okay i definitely got to go back to work that was one of the factors too so you know i I experienced yeah the ups and down with that and Then I got a chance really to hone my skills. I started like uh, teaching theater Uh and uh, I was at Washington Prep, um, did LMU um, for about 12 summers, taught theater. We put on, we produced a show every year, um, original stuff, nothing that's um, copied you know, that from, from somebody else, everything is original, like teaching the kids to, nice. to write, produce, nice. um, direct and, and have fun with it and stuff. So that's awesome. yeah, it's been a blessing, man. Yeah. That's incredible. That's incredible. And, um, <clears throat> man, I wish I had to talk to you. There was one point I was trying to put together my own, uh, uh I was calling it the hip hop school, but the idea was like, um, you know, I knew that they had taken music out of schools at that time where they were talking about it. It was a big deal, especially in California. And I was like, what if someone then had a school that dealt with not just 
you know, learning an instrument, but, you know, you could take, you know, music production classes, engineering classes, marketing classes, uh, radio, you know, like the, the business behind yeah. it, that, you know, that could really um, benefit a lot of kids. Cause you know, Hey, most kids, a lot of kids want to get into the music industry, but not everybody wants to be an artist. You know, a right. lot of people love to be, you know, a program director uh, for, you know, a national uh, radio, you know, uh, station, but they may not know exactly which direction to go. Um, but hearing you and what you did, that feels like you could have been uh, a great asset, you know, if that ever kind of jumped off to bring kids. Yeah, into I mean, I, I felt I was. <laughs> right. You know, right. We, we, we did that. We, 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 we wasn't like, writing down and dreaming about it we actually produced every single every summer that we was at lmu at the schools that i um worked at you know um washington prep great tradition of mm. um the theater arts performing arts i was there for six years and nice. ran the program there and really learned how to you know put shows together and by putting talent on the stage because all our kids have it in them. We just yeah. got to find out what it is and then give them the confidence. That's true. To get up on stage and share it with the world, you know, yeah. and overcome. It's like if you could stand up on stage in front of thousands and be nervous as hell and to perform anyway. The, the world him. is yours after that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because there's nothing that's going to be as more pressure filled as that first time. Like you'll figure out, I know how to get through this. So I didn't care about making people movie stars or whatever. I, I wanted to build up their confidence and allow them to find their voice mm. because I'm not an actor. <laughs> yeah, I never went to acting school and never desired to be on stage, but you know, um, I know how to help the kids bring out their inner glory. Mm, that's and that's what you, yeah, that's what you help them do. And once you see that light come on, yeah, it's like man, there's there's nothing like that in the world. It's like a high. Yeah, it's, it's like yeah. That, that's that high that educators talk about. That it's priceless. That's an incredible trait to have as an educator. Yeah. I, don't, I don't I don't think all of them have that. So. Salute to you. You know what I mean? I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, no doubt. So you're telling me about, you know, your magical moments, you know, those aha moments, those light bulb, priceless moments. I want to know some of your challenges. You know, what what maybe was your worst day as an educator or, or a time where things did not go so well? Oh man. <clears throat> I think for the most part when any time I have a challenge is because I've been outside of work that I didn't know how to handle correctly and I was still in my my figuring it out at stage and I went to work and um, my mood wasn't good. 
but luckily I haven't had anything that took my career away or, I mean, I had a couple of moments where, you know, I thought a physical altercation was going to happen. Mm. And I'm down, you know, by, but apart from that, you know, kids are, you're not going to have your issues with the kids, man. It's the adults. Ah, <laughs> uh, so, so this you know? physical altercation was with another adult, like a parent or another teacher? No, no, it, it was it's with the with the with the, with a kid. But what I'm saying is almost physical. almost, yeah. <laughs> don't don't leave that. Soon. I want I want to know about that. I yeah, know, I, 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 know. How yeah. Did, how did but what I'm saying there? is, how did he get me there? Yeah. Um. Just a really aggressive kid mm. that was used to bullying his way and getting his way. And, um, you know, he came into the classroom one day in a real foul mood and wanted to demand that I change the grade. And, man, I haven't seen you in, like, four weeks. <laughs> I'm not changing the grade. Whoa. And he just he snapped. And, you know, it just got, it went to 100 real quick. And I'm looking at him and it's like, okay, this kid has a reputation. He's, he's definitely connected to the streets. And right now he's lost his mind. Right. And all I'm thinking about is like, yo, at the end of the day, I'm making it back to the crib. <laughs> so that that's really what it was about. <laughs> and he he recognized that. Yeah. You know, like I don't wanna go there with you, but you know, don't let it have to do that. Yeah. And he caught on. He caught on. There was a moment where a moment of clarity <laughs> that he had. <laughs> We're not always and, afforded those in the middle of Okay. Yeah, oh, that's great. Then. Yeah, yeah. You know, okay. um, yeah, okay. I was able to, and you know, I still got investigated with it and stuff because course, I had yeah. to report it, and you know, um, I got examined, but luckily, the truth stood on its own, and my my students supported, and you know, they came through for me, and it worked out. But yeah. apart oh, from oh, that. Oh. You got you got uh, a psych examination or a physical examination? No, no, really investigation. That that's oh, okay, really okay, what okay. it was. They they got interviewed people, talked to all the kids in the class, and asked how it okay. came about. And as long okay. as I wasn't bullying him, right, then everything was okay. And that that wasn't the truth. But you know, some of our kids, man. They're going to be great people in this mm -hmm. world. Most of them are. The doctors, lawyers, the future, the politicians, leaders, whatever, athletes, awesome. entertainers. Awesome. And then some of them aren't. Yeah. And he happened to be one of those students. He he didn't. He, that wasn't his thing. And, you know, I hope peace, you know, because after that, he got 
he, he did some jail time and had some rough times, you know, and that had nothing to do with me. Uh, so when the kids come in, right, 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 right. He was already on that. It's, road. it's not personal towards you. You just happen yeah. to be the target that they that they put me at. And um, he caught me at a good stage of my. I probably would have reacted different had it been in the early stage of my career. And I probably would have lost everything behind that. You know, <laughs> I'd have lost everything. And now is that how it works? Like you were saying there was a investigation. Is that how it works to where let's say you're a teacher who has not, you know, been on that you've been an upstanding, you know, citizen within uh, the confines of the school. I don't know how much they look in your personal life. And then all of a sudden you get a kid who has uh, a, a past, who has, you know, everyone knows, you know, what, what this kid is about. Um, and there is an altercation. Like when we see those TikTok videos and, you know, some teachers fighting, swinging on some mm -hmm. student in that mm -hmm. kind of situation, if the teacher was provoked, will that teacher lose everything? Or is it like, no matter what, as the teacher, you have to not no matter what, or at a certain point, is it like, okay, we get it. Uh, you, you have to protect yourself and you have to make it back hmm. to the crib. <laughs> and that's my stake with it. That that's my point. You know, I'm not confrontational with students. Um, but these kids, and they've taken a lot of discipline out of the schools where yeah. they don't get in trouble for anything. They're fearless, and their parents put that that backpack on them and put energy into them. Mm. And they come to school and they own one. It's, it's a little bit different. You know, that's one of the reasons why I got out the classroom when I did because I I saw the shift and like I said I'm, I'm good with most kids I I love I love kids you know I love people and I get along with yeah. most people but um saw a shift and there's a lot more of an aggressiveness and they have to be that because they're going to the next generation we just got to redirect it to let them know look we we here trying to help you because like we talked about how's it going on in the West Indies with the parishes and, and, and now the kids are, yeah, these are the, that's these kids that we are talking about. And if they're going to have, a, yeah. they're going to bring about change. They better be aggressive. You know, they better learn how to voice their opinion and stand up for their rights. And they are not always going to sure. do it the right way, <laughs> but eventually by the time they get to that stage, they'll have those tools. You know, and that was yeah, just a learning yeah. experience for me, him, and his peers that that bear witness to yeah, it, to it. Because I don't get no glory beating down a kid. It's like I, at all. I, at I, all. There's no. That's like fighting a drunk guy. You know, <laughs> you yeah. don't get you don't get for that. What's the point? All you right. know, um, kids, yeah. and you don't want that situation with them, but. You got to find a way of protecting True. yourself. There got to be a balance. There got to be a balance with that. And, um, you know, their energy is different. What we 
deemed as disrespectful to them as basic communication and no harm intended. This this just how they they communicate wow. different. Yeah. And we got to learn that, man, because you can't, you know, come at them foul and, you know, try to go upside their head. They're not your kids. <laughs> and that's one of the mantras. Sometimes you take a deep breath and like, this is not my child. This is not, my, not child. my child. Because, right, right, this is not my child. So I yeah. can't snap yeah. and, and act like I would at home. Right. But it teaches right. you not to act like that at home because I'm like, man, I, I'm on my kids but they're not as troubled as some of the kids that I work with. So yeah. maybe I need to appreciate my kids a little bit better and come at them a, a different way mm. instead of just, you know, bringing that old West Indian <laughs> discipline <laughs> into play, you yeah. know, so yeah. you got to break that cycle. So yeah, different culture. It's a different culture and it's a different yeah. time. So let these kids find their way. That's a you fact. Know, you, ju you just try to, because they're going to do it whether or not you're there. Either you're going to help them or they're going to run you over. So mm -hmm. you could as well be there and, and, and try to guide them because they they doing them. It's their turn to be teenagers, 20, 30. I did that. You know, it's their turn to do that. Yeah, you've been there. Yeah, I've been there, so I can't. Yeah, I can't deny them that opportunity. You know, and, right, and right. Some of those age groups, I didn't do too good, <laughs> so I can't give them advice. Any, yeah. All right, so we. Um, I was in. I was in on top of my game. That comes with mature. All right, so we we covered a lot, and you know, I I try to do a top five in uh in every episode and you kind of spoke to it and you said something about you know hip-hop and 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 early hip-hop and so i think the top five i'm gonna give you is i need to hear the meeks i hope I hope all your your students are listening just in case they don't notice about you already i want to know the meeks top five pioneering or pioneer rap Groups or solo artists of all time. You can do whatever whatever era that oh, you feel felt was 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 intrinsic to pioneering the hip hop culture and whoever you felt you ain't gotta you don't have to put in Grandmaster Flash if you wasn't rocking with Grandmaster Flash. Whoever you put in your top five, that's what I want to hear. <clears throat> Pioneer rappers or rap groups. For group, I would have to see the body of work that they did as a group, individuals, oh, no, say it again. Who was the off into other fields. Wu-Tang for the group. Wu-Tang. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Wu-Tang. Um, their body of work get, through so many genres. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and they... They straight taught knowledge itself. So, um, mm -hmm. man, yeah. my favorite okay. rapper, Big Daddy Kane. I Kane. think that's. I think that's 
smooth operator. Yeah, I think that's like the one of the dopest MCs of all time. Um, absolutely, absolutely. Rock Kim, you know, <laughs> definitely Rock Kim. The microphone. Yeah, just how he just changed. Like nobody ever sounded like him before. You know, and I know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, nobody's ever sounded like him. Um, I love Nas. You know, I think okay. he's probably one of the most creative MCs of all time. And Street poet, yeah. Yeah. Uh, man. One more. I, I have to put Pac in there. That's a I got to put Pac in there. That's a good list. That's a strong list right <laughs> and, there. Yeah, I put That's a strong list because, right there. <laughs> yeah, I put Pac in there, man. It, it's almost disrespectful to put a top five at this stage. You got to be like, what's your top 15? Because it really is. <laughs> it really is. There's so many. I definitely put people you know, on the spot with that. Yeah, and then there's people you forget about and like, damn, I should have said, you know, oh, <laughs> grandma. Damn, I, I missed out. I should have said Ice Cube, and it's like, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's a stressful, a stressful question. Because <laughs> I'm gonna be thinking about it tonight. I'll probably wake up in the morning and write a brand new list. It'll last for like ten hours. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. So yeah, this, there's so, so many great people out there, man. You know and. Shoot, yeah. if I could cross over a little bit, because I've been mm. trying to promote this. When they ask me my top five, I always say mm. um, I try to include, or my top ten, um, Shabba Ranks, mm. you know, and Supercat. Yeah. Because they emceeing. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it's just, it's, a, it, it's, it's not a different genre sound in a different it's location. A different sound. Yeah. But it's it's hip hop and the Absolutely. control delivery, them two right there. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I feel like I feel like Buster Rhymes is like right in the middle of all of that. He's in the middle of that that island. Somebody sound that I, and then see. <laughs> I know it. I know. Yeah. yeah, he's he's a he's a monster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that cast that Absolutely. had I been if if you would have told me and I'd have wrote it down, maybe he would have. Five is just hard. He probably would have been on it because you know you leave and you, you you leave people out when you when you just do five. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking I'm gonna do a, a episode where we do like like a, a let's say like a top twenty, but then I'm gonna give it a criteria. So because when you say when you just tell somebody top five. You know, the person thinks of the top five that they like or the top five that resonated with them. But if you put certain criteria on the top five list, like let's say I said um, every person had to, um, you know, put a region on the map. All of a sudden, you got to like go to Easy e and Ice Cube and Snoop or E-40 or you know, so you got to add other people that a Bone Thugs and Harmony that like 
took an area and it's like, oh, okay, we start knowing about Cleveland because of Bone Thugs and Harmony. But if you just said, man, you top just groups, trying you know, to start and, an argument. I am. <laughs> I just am. Trying to, <laughs> I love it. You just it. trying to get people feeling passionate. And you know what's great, man? That the culture has yeah. grown that much that we have those yeah. choices. Because I remember culture first started, you know, my elders was like, what the heck is that? Turn that off. That ain't no music. You know, that ain't that, right. that ain't gonna last. And, you know, yeah. And and look at it now. Look, look at all the the success and the growth. Like what of music has merch and um, music and movies and just everything. And hip I mean since we we since every disco, corner of the earth, I don't think, are, I don't, yeah, everything. Yeah, it's, we like the heavyweight champs of music, man. Hip hop, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And you got to give us the like. You <laughs> could, you could argue that disco in its day had you know that kind of effect on everything. Where everywhere you look. You it felt like disco the beginning of movies, it felt like disco, it was just TV show like disco was present. The biggest difference, and the reason that I maybe even biasly give hip hop the nod for the champ is because hip hop did it from nothing. Mm -hmm. Hip hop did it without money, mm -hmm. without resources, without cosigns. Like hip hop got it out of nowhere and made the world respect it. And I feel like you got to give it to the underdog for that. Yeah, man. I mean, you came in there and, and did we, we did our thing, man. It was the voice for the culture. And as long as it remains yeah. that, as long as it becomes the voice of the youth, it's going to live forever. So that's why we pass it yeah. down. You know, you go to these um, hip hop concerts and you're seeing grandparents with their kids and their mm. grandkids and great grandkids because they've yeah. they've lived through that that culture and they passed it down. And you know, I'm sure your kids know who Bismarck is. You know, you gotta yeah. you gotta pass that you gotta pass that down, man. You gotta pass it down. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. gotta pass that down. <laughs> so that that's how the next generation get it. You know, you gotta let them know right. about Snoop. You know, you know, they gonna be yeah. like Snoop, who's Snoop? And like, well, no, let me sit, sit, sit your butt down. Let me, right. Let me, hey, but, okay. but Snoop's so smart. My kids, they knew Snoop Loops. They knew a cereal from Snoop before they knew the rapper. Yeah. But that's how Snoop is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a genius. He, he stay branded. He stay branded. Mm -hmm. He figured it out. All right. He figured it out. Well, to me. But yeah, love the hip hop. This has been a good conversation, a great episode. I appreciate your time, man. Like, just I, I knew once we start getting into you know your background and hearing about you as an educator, what you do for kids, how you even look at kids. I'm pretty sure anybody listening or watching can just feel that there's a respect, there's a love, there's a desire for understanding, and overall, there's an intentionality for their growth to be the next leaders, and that is massive for anyone to see in uh the, the 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 group of people that we entrust with our kids to take them to the next level so 
Thank you for being a great representation for teachers all over. And thank you for what you do for kids uh, in Dorsey High School and wherever you end up teaching next. Hey, man, I appreciate the opportunity in this platform to just, um, you know, share a little with you. And that, you know, I'm, I'm the quiet guy. It's not normally my my thing to be out there like that. So, you know, when the opportunity comes, I'm very careful of who I speak to. And I'm like, yeah. oh, that's my bro. I know he, he good people. So yeah, yeah. I'm I'm blessed with the opportunity to help you out. And it was a dope conversation, man. We're going to have to connect like we did in the past and um, have some offline conversations. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. We need that. Yeah, I miss that. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. I, because I, I need that too, man. You know, we gotta. Yes. We all we got, right? That's a fact. That's a fact. Well, my guy, I appreciate your time. I will holler at you on the next one. This is how we sign off. I will say, "Pod is good." You say all the time. I'll say all the time. You say, "Pod is good." Okay, you got me. Yes, sir. All right, pod is good. All the time. And all the time. Pod is good. My guy, I will talk to you soon, bro. Peace out. Peace. Thank you. Yes, sir. And there it is, ladies and gentlemen. That was episode 38 with my man, Dameek Barrow. Did I did I promise you? Did I come through on the promise? Did, did we bring the energy? Did we bring the, the, the insight? And I know y'all feel me when I was saying that a lot of times parents especially worry about who we are entrusting our kids with. Do they want the best for them? Do they have that passion? Are they looking into my kids' eyes trying to find that light? And so when you hear an educator at a high school saying that in the middle of Los Angeles, saying, I, I search for that. I listen first. I advise second. I try to navigate. I try to. That's beautiful. We need more people like him. If you enjoyed the show today, if you enjoyed the content, make sure you follow, subscribe, like, share, whatever, whatever thing you want to do. Do all of them if you want. They're free. But if there's just one, pick the one that makes you feel like I supported you, Cash, and I appreciate you for it. Till the next time that I am Cashmere, California. This is the Pod is Good podcast, and I will catch y'all on the next show.